Hey guys, welcome to Christian Life Online. I am so excited to join with you today as we get ready to face this New Year's together. I'm expecting that God is going to do something incredible, and it starts with this Sunday's message that you are about to hear. So let's not wait anymore, and let's jump right in. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining in. I know that many of you join us on our podcast, many of you are jumping in on Facebook and YouTube. We're so glad that you are here with us in the first Sunday of 2021. This is incredibly awesome because finally we can say we're in 2021 instead of 2020. We all walk into this morning and every morning from here on out hoping and praying that 2021 will be better than 2020. You know, the 2020, we never could have imagined what it would bring our way. I never could have predicted that we would be sending our kids to school online. We'd be going to doctor's appointments online because that makes so much sense and it's so helpful, right? We, we've been running out of toilet paper. I mean, a toilet paper shortage, really? Like I've never in my life thought that I was going to have to buy something on the black market until we started running out of toilet paper. I'm like looking for somebody selling stuff out of the back of their truck and I'm like, hey, help me out, right? But I mean, this has just been a crazy, crazy year. And my only claim to fame for this year is that I was one of the few people that could say that I carried hand sanitizer with me everywhere I went before it was cool, right? The life of a germaphobe, you're probably lucky you never had to experience that, but welcome to my world, 2020. As I begin to pray and think about what it was that God would have me to share with you as we begin this new year, there were two parables that I kept coming back to. So that's what I'm going to share with you. There's two parables that we're going to be discussing over the next five weeks. Next week, we actually start a series called Life at 100. And our time together today is kind of a preparation for that. But Life at 100 is about looking at all the things that God has put in our way, our things that, that He's entrusted to us to steward, to take care of, for us to live our life at its best, for us to live life at 100, the very best possible life for us. These are things that we need to steward, we need to take care of, we need to take good care of. And that's what we're looking at. But again, I, I'm excited to share that with you, but I'm also not looking, for, uh, not looking past our time together right now, because I've got something that I believe connects the dots between these two parables. And it's one statement, and after we talk about today what we have to talk about, I believe that you'll see it bright as it gets right there in front of you. And this is it, the statement that, that I want every one of us to grab on and be reminded of right now is this, be ready, be ready. Now, some of us, we've no, you know, we're no stranger to that statement. We've learned that statement. We've heard that statement our entire lives. Maybe we had a sibling that found their, you know, joy in life by scaring us. They'd hide in dark corners and jump out and get us, right? So we walked around and we lived our childhood ready to go just in case. Maybe we learned that statement from a parent who's trying to teach us. Maybe we learned that statement from a teacher who threw way too many pop quizzes our way, and they always love to throw out little hints. Class, be ready, because you never know what may happen on Friday, right? Be ready. 
Maybe we learned it from a coach. I'll admit, man, when I'm coaching my baseball teams, I am looking for the kid who's checked out, who is not ready to hit that ground or two to see if he'll get ready, every one of us. We need to live our lives ready to go, ready to face whatever comes our way. And with that being said, I want to draw your attention to those two parables that I talked to you about. We're going to start today in Matthew chapter 24, and I'm going to summarize this and encourage you to read it for yourself. Jesus is having a somewhat private conversation with his disciples, and the topic of his second coming comes up, right? At this point, Jesus has already predicted his death. He has already told his disciples. They've already told him they don't believe him. They don't want to accept it. But he's already told them that he has to go away, that he has to die. And now the conversation goes in, in Matthew chapter 24 towards, he, he begins predicting things that would be happening in the world before he comes back again. And this is where I encourage you to read it for yourself. Because as I read Matthew 24, I begin to see some of these things that he predicts. And I'm like, hey, that sounds kind of familiar. Like, these things are kind of lining up. But you need to make that judgment for yourself. But towards the end of Matthew chapter 24, Jesus begins to share two illustrations, or as we call them, parables, to, to really drive home his point. Begins to share these stories, and that's what we're going to, to look at. And really, what he's saying is, once again, be ready. Be ready. So if you have your Bible or you have your smartphone, I'd encourage you, let's read Matthew chapter 25, we're going to start in verse 1, we'll read to verse 13. So, it says this, 25 verse 1, says the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish took no oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all lay down and slept. And at midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and welcome him. Now, I'm going to pause here for a second because I think, you know, this isn't really something that makes a whole lot of sense to us in, in its original context because this isn't our traditions. But in the Jewish tradition, they would go in when they were getting married. It was pretty common for the groom and maybe some of his friends to come, right? And that was the way of starting the, the festivities, starting the, the marriage ceremony for us. You know, when we get married, it's like 30 minutes and then the reception, right? They had like a week-long reception and it was like all reception. And this was kind of the kickoff. And when this was coming, when the bride would be coming, the bridesmaids would know and they would stand there with the lamps and they'd be waiting, looking for the groom. And then they would light their lamps and they would show him into the party. And that's what's going on here. I hope that helps this make a little bit more sense. Verse 7, it says, All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, We don't have enough for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. Now, they're not being selfish. They're being realistic. They're saying, we don't, we don't have enough to supply your needs and ours. Verse 10. 
But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Later they stood outside calling, Sir, open up the door for us. But he called back, I don't know you. And here's verse 13. So stay awake and be prepared, because you do not know the day or hour of my return. So as we go through this, I'm going to summarize because I just want to make sure that you're following what's going on here. So Jesus uses this story to illustrate our need to be ready. And we're not talking about a marriage, right? This is an illustration. It's a story. But he's talking about his coming again. He's talking about how we need to be ready because he's coming again. And this relates to us because it says the kingdom of God can be illustrated like the kingdom of God means what's happening today. Us. If you call yourself a Christian, someone who strives to live their life the right way, as a Christian, the kingdom of God can be described like this. This is what we're supposed to do. This applies to us. We need to be ready. The question is, which one are we? Are we the wise one that had enough and had extra? Or are we the foolish one who didn't have enough? They weren't ready. So if this whole idea, this whole thought is we need to be ready. We need to stay prepared. If we're to follow Jesus's advice, if we're to follow the advice of our coaches and our teachers, maybe our boss that's encourage us to be ready. If we're to follow the counsel of our parents to be ready in just ordinary everyday things, I really think that we need to take a, a nice long look and Jesus is counseled to stay ready for something far more important than just everyday life. We're talking about heaven. We're talking about eternity. This illustration is not about a wedding. It's about heaven. We need to be ready. And what this story implies, what Jesus is getting through, is if you're not ready... You're in danger of not making it. So how do we stay ready? I don't know about you. I want to go to heaven. Right? I want to go to heaven. I don't want to be on the outside of this party looking in, calling in, trying to get someone to open the door for me, only to get the response, I don't know you. That's not what I want for my life, and I don't believe that's what you want for your life. So how do we get ready? believe that this parable outlines three very easy to say, slightly harder to live out ways that we need to stay ready. We need to be ready. And the first is we need to make preparations. We need to make preparations. Obviously, this is linked directly to the wise bridesmaids who, who had their supplies, who had extra oil. They were prepared. So how do we do this? How do we apply this to our life? And this is where, quite frankly, I say this is where the churchy answers come into play. 
How do we get ready? How do we stay ready? How do we be ready? And we need to be reading our Bibles. Not just so we can check something off our to-do list. We need to be reading our Bibles because how we get ready, how we stay ready, how we live our lives in that state is directly connected to God. We need to be reading our Bibles. We need to be praying. There's no substitute. You can't be ready without that relationship. This is the single greatest gift that we've been given. It's a direct link between us and God. All we have to do is open it up, read and apply, right? How do we get ready? We make preparations, and we make preparations by reading our Bible, by praying, by living our life in a way that accomplishes that goal. The second thing is, don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. Obviously, in this parable that we shared, you know, it, it talks about how all ten bridesmaids, the wise and the foolish alike, they were waiting for the bridegroom, right? They were waiting for the groom to show up, and he didn't show up when they thought he would. He was late in their eyes. So what do they do? They turn their lamps off and they go to sleep. And then what happens? In the middle of the night, as they're sleeping, a call goes out that he's coming. So then they get prepared. They throw everything together really quick, and they rush out. Don't fall asleep. What I'm talking about here is a constant threat that as a believer, as an unbeliever even, that we have to constantly fight against. Apathy, complacency, compromise. We cannot fall asleep. Don't lose the passion that we once had, right? So often when we talk to someone who's just made that decision to follow Jesus, there's just a passion, there's an excitement, there's an energy. And for some reason, as time goes by, we're constantly fighting. and We have to fight to not give in to the temptation to settle, to compromise, to become complacent, to be happy with just going through our routine, crossing off our to-do list. Our, oh, I read my Bible. I went to church on Sunday. Don't fall asleep. We've got to fight. Part of being ready is fighting for the passion, fighting for that love, not just giving in. The third way that we stay ready, that we get ready, is to know that He is coming. Know that He is coming. <laughs> Here's the crazy part, guys. In our story, obviously, they thought that He would be here. The groom would be there at a certain time. And, and obviously, we just talked about how they He didn't show up when they thought He was supposed to be there. So they fell asleep. We have to fight the idea of maybe he's not coming. You know, very few of us would actually admit to believing or even thinking that he's not coming. But we have to stand strong in the fact that he is coming. Jesus is coming back. 
We don't know the time. I mean, Matthew 24 says that. No one knows the time or the date, but that's why he gave signs. And again, I'm speaking for myself. I read Matthew 24 and the signs are there. He is coming. There's never been a better time. There's better, never been a more important time to get ready, to stay ready, to be ready than now. We've got to be ready. We can't fall asleep. We have to encourage ourselves that He is coming. He is a man of His Word. He will come back for us. That's our hope. We've got to make preparations. So we wrap up our time together. I, I do want to pray. And I don't want to pray for us that say, yay, I have lived my life as a Christian and I am 100% following with you. It is hard to stay ready. I go through seasons where, hey, I'm excited. I'm full of passion. I'm reading my Bible. I'm praying. I'm doing all the things that I know I should be doing. And then I just burn out and I get tired. And it's easy to slip back into old habits. I want to pray for us because we got to stay ready. We've got to be ready at all times, right? Just like my, my kids that I coach for baseball when, you know, I told you that I look for the ones that are zoning out that aren't prepared and that's who I hit the ball to. We need to stay ready at all times, ready for Jesus' return, ready to be a help to someone else, ready. We need to stay in that spot. But I also want to pray for anyone listening right now that maybe you're saying, hey, I've been around church, maybe I haven't, but I'm not really living my life for Jesus. I, I don't really even know what that looks like. You're talking about being ready. You know, I, I'm a good person, but I don't know if I am or not. I'd love to pray for you as well. Because here's the deal. Jesus is coming back. And unfortunately, it doesn't matter how good we are, that doesn't get us into heaven. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that He is Lord, that He died on the cross for our sins, then we'll be saved. It doesn't say if you help the homeless and you feed the homeless and you help everybody that you'll be saved. No. We are called to do those things, but it all stems out of our acceptance and our belief of who Jesus is. That He is the Savior. That He will come back. So I'd love to pray for each and every one of us right now. God, I pray for my friends, God, who are considering now making that decision for the first time. And as they maybe they heard me say that your word tells us, directs us to confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that you are Lord, that that's how we're saved. God, if they're in a spot right now where they're choosing to put their faith in you, choosing to put their trust in you. God, or they're just trying to find out more information. I pray, Lord, God, that you would meet them exactly where they're at. God, that you would speak to them in a way that they would know what you're saying. God, I pray that you would show up for them. God, that they would pray something simple along the lines of, forgive me for my sins. Help me. I want to serve you believe you are who you say you are. That's all it takes. I could also pray for myself. God, I pray for everyone else, God, that 
that we do our best to live our life for you, but, but we fight that constant temptation to settle. God, apathy, complacency. God, we, we fight that, that battle with staying ready. God, with making our preparations, with reading our Bible, with praying. God, with communicating with you. God, maybe we, maybe we struggle with doubt. I just wonder if you're ever really coming back. God, I pray that you would meet us exactly where we're at as well. God, that you would encourage us. God, that you would show us your faithfulness. God, and you would help us to do exactly what you said. God, in Matthew chapter 25, verse 13. God, that we would be ready. God, we thank you. That was an encouraging message for me. I know that God is with us and that he is going to push us and encourage us to do our best this year together. I'm so excited to continue on with this series as we move forward in this new year. God's hand is gonna be over our life as we continue to trust in him. Right now, if you're here today, I wanna to give you the opportunity to give today. We're gonna to take our offering and I'm believing that God is gonna use what we have and do incredible and amazing things. So if you're wanting to give today, there's, it's so easy. All you have to do is text the amount that you're wanting to give to 84321, or you can just go to our website at clcgridley.org and hit that give tab. Let's go ahead and pray together as we give. God, I thank you, Lord, for all that you've blessed us with. God, for helping us to get through this crazy year, Lord. God, we have made it, and we are in 2021, and we are believing that you are going to do amazing things with our lives, God, that you're going to push us to grow and to continue to move forward and not backwards. God, I pray that you would take what we have, Lord, and do something great. We trust in you today. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, before you go, make sure you check out the links below. We've got our children's ministry. We've got worship on Spotify. It's incredible. So let's do this together, you guys. Live at 100, doing our best. I'll see you guys next Sunday.